witness in the house of the Lord today. We got something we can testify about, Brother Joe. He's the God of the Bible. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. What an honor it is to be standing before you today here in Word of Life. And we certainly appreciate Brother Donnie and the brothers for inviting us to come and be part of this Memorial Day weekend here with you all. And it's it's been our pleasure to be able to speak to your young people, and you have such a wonderful group, and it's, a, it's an honor to speak to such a powerful group of believers and your young people, and I'd say that you're very proud of them, which you rightly should be, and, and we just want to say God bless you, young people. We thank you for opening up your hearts this weekend and creating an atmosphere for the Holy Ghost to come, and, and uh, we certainly believe that the Lord got in, got into it all last night and I want to congratulate you here in Johnson City for such a beautiful building and I know that you're tickled with it and we've been praying all weekend long that the spirit of jealousy wouldn't get upon us and uh, so but uh, we're certainly happy for you and just say God richly bless you and I bring greetings from my dad and pastor and our church back home at Full Gospel Lighthouse they they all, if I, if I told you all how many wanted me to greet this one or greet that one, we'd be here all day, but they just want to send their greetings to you. Our, our pastor, Brother Ron, he wants to thank you for all the prayers that you've sent up on his behalf. And, you know, we, we can testify that we've seen a God that, that's greater than cancer and greater than sickness, and it's just a wonderful thing that the God would... The God of this Bible would choose somebody to stand in this hour and to face the things that you're facing. And it's uh, just a wonderful thing to recognize that God's got it. God's got it. And amen. We just, we just love the Lord with all of our heart today, don't we? Amen. If you have your Bibles today, we like to look over in a few portions of Scripture. Over to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. So into the last book of the Bible there in Revelations chapter 10. Revelation chapter 10 there. also want to thank my wife and my two girls for coming and being with us this weekend. And when Brother Dan Dyer was here, he told me I snatched the prettiest girl out of, out of Happy Valley at the time. So I'm certainly thankful for you all for letting me have her. <laughs> so uh, Brother Donnie was her pastor for many years, and, and then she had to move up there and be with us. So uh, we certainly thank her for being here as she's... She's taken good care of us throughout the years, seen us in all kinds of sorts and carried us out and tucked us away when, when the Holy Spirit was moving on us so much. And she's just been a real friend to us. Also, our, our deacon, Brother Alden Frazier, and his wife for being here. As I said last night, they don't let me go anywhere without our deacon. Just make sure we stay in line. So, you know, so y'all y'all know who y'all dealing with up here. So, so we, just, we just love the Lord today. Amen. Do you have a need that you'd like to make known before the Father? Amen. God sees each and every one of your need. Let's just go to the author of this word today in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. Lord, we are your children. Lord, and what a privilege it is for us to be known. Lord, as you are our Father and we're your children. And Lord, you hear our cry, Father, Lord, and you see us, Lord, in our situations of life and our needs that are lifted up. Lord, we don't lift up a hand out of tradition, but we lift it up because there is a need upon our heart. And we invite you, Father, to come and take the pulpit today. Lord, the atmosphere of the supernatural is in this place, Lord. We, we recognize that you're here, Father. But I pray today that you would come and do something that only you could do, Father. 
I ask, Lord, that you would just get myself out of the way, Lord, and you would get into the words of it, Father. You've laid something on my heart here for this weekend. And I pray, God, that you would pour out your blessings on Brother Donnie and his family and this church, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that you would just give out more than what they can expect to receive, Father. I pray for healing for our sister Erica, Father, that you would supernaturally do the work, Father. There's many needs that are here, Father, that we, you, we know that you're aware of. And we're asking, Father, that you would come today with healing power in your wings and begin to wrap your arms around your children, Father, and minister to them in a supernatural way. And we'll be careful to serve you and give you all the praise and honor that is due to your name in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. And Jesus said, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Revelations chapter 10. And I know that these scriptures are very familiar to you as the bride of Jesus Christ. This is the hour that we are living in. And that same mighty angel is in the room. Revelations chapter 10 verse 1. Then we'll skip down to verse 7. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Verse 7, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets, and the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. Notice, it's not a closed book. It's open. Go and take the book out of the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, and tongues, and kings. May God bless his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. By the help of the Lord today, I'd like to speak to you on a thought for this, this morning service on when heaven turns loose, when heaven turns loose. And we recognize that we are standing in an hour that we are watching some of the greatest things that heaven has be released right here. And even last night, what we witnessed here in this place, what we witnessed upon your young people, upon their lives, it was that of the Holy Ghost. And I think it's a wonderful thing that, that our children have the opportunity to be able to experience the God of the Bible as the God of today. And I think if we're going to sit here and be under anything that 
we ought to be under the greatest anticipation and expectation for the God of the Bible to do exactly what he said that we would do. And we recognize that even outside today that, that the rain is falling outside. And I know that some people don't like the rain. It makes a miserable day. But to me, it makes a good day for napping. But we recognize that, that the rain is falling outside. And we recognize that that is that rain that brings new life. We're in a season of life that, that we need the rain. And we knew, know that the rain brings the new life both naturally and both spiritually. And you go to studying out the Bible and you go in the very book of, of Genesis that you'll find that Noah began to preach that there was going to be a rain that was going to come upon the land. And there never had been no rain there until the time of Noah when he was in the dispensation that he was in. We recognize the power that the rain has because there when Noah began to preach that there was, there was a rain that was coming he stood there and he preached the word of God and brother Brandon would say that that Noah began to preach he said there was no rain up there in the heavens he said but Noah began to preach and after Noah preached that the rain was there so it tells you that Noah by the power of his preaching he preached the rain into the atmosphere that he had never seen he never witnessed it before he never experienced it before but he simply preached the word of God and the rain was there and it's the same exact way today with your healing somebody if you're going to have healing somebody's got to preach to you that there's healing out there and you're going to anticipate that healing's going to come by your way that's the same way with your body change you wouldn't know about it unless God told you about it and because God said something about a body change you are under anticipation that your body's getting ready to change you're under the anticipation of it and what you are witnessing is that of the Holy Ghost and by the preaching of the word the elements were there you see faith in God's word creates a supernatural experience but when Noah got done after the experience of it raining the rain stopped the Bible said in Genesis 8 and 2 it says that the rain stopped but I want you to recognize that you are in an hour young people you are in, a, you are in an hour as the bride of Jesus Christ where the windows of heaven are not going to be shut up on you the rain is not going to stop. The rain that you are experiencing is that of the Holy Ghost and this is a harvest rain. I know that you might get shook up about a former rain and a latter rain, but the latter rain, William Branham said, is the Holy Ghost. You see, they were there in the early days and they were under the latter rain movement, but they had not received a teaching rain until the time when the teacher came, the prophet messenger came, and he preached the word of God. Now you are in the harvest rain which William Branham said is that of rapturing faith. He said that this second rain is the spirit that comes upon what's been taught and it produces the crop. So you recognize immediately that what you are feeling in this room is the rain of the Holy Ghost. You see, the rain is meant for you. It's not meant for the denominational worlds. You watch them out there and you see them in their worship and you see what it is. It's a rain upon them. You think, well, how in the world are they doing like they're doing or acting like they're acting? They're under the anointing of the rain, but the rain wasn't meant for them. It's for you. You are so powerful a people that God has destined this Holy Ghost for you. And if the denominational world can get under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, how much more as a church of the living God should we operate in the power of the Holy Ghost? If he said there be healings, then let the rain fall. If he said there be power, then let the rain fall. If he said there be miracles, then let the rain fall. If he said prodigals would come back, let the rain fall.
Well, I don't know where it comes from, but I know it comes from God. You remember in the Bible when Elijah went up there and he was sitting by the brook of Cherith up there, that he was sitting up there and the, and the Bible tells us that there was those porters or those crows that had brought him those sandwiches up there. And Brother Brandon was challenged on that one time. He said, you don't really mean to say to me that those, those birds were bringing him sandwiches from heaven. He said, absolutely, I believe it. He said, well, where in the world was them birds getting that, getting that power from or getting them sandwiches from? He said, I don't know how he got them but he got them you see what your experience is the Holy Ghost I can't explain how he comes whirling through this tin building and comes over a young people and changes their life but I believe it I can't explain to you how God's going to change the molecular path of our body and watch it change I can't explain it to you but I believe it and I happen to believe that you're that kind of people that is going to experience the power of the body change. You know that in 1961 that Brother Branham was preaching a message. And you remember when Danny Henry came to him and he spoke those words. He said, Brother Branham, that message could be none other than Revelations 23. You remember how Victor Ledoux was sitting there and those, those Frenchmen were sitting there and they, they heard that in French. But yet Danny Henry didn't know what he was saying. But he said these words, the Spirit of the Lord said these words, because thou hast chosen the narrow path, the harder way thou hast walked in your own choosing. Thou hast picked up, picked the correct and precise decision, and it is my way. Because of thy momentous decision, a huge portion of heaven will await thee. What a glorious decision thou hast made. This in itself which will give and make come to pass the tremendous victory in the love divine. Now that saying to us is not saying to us that Brother Branham's getting a bitter, bigger property in heaven. It's not saying to us that Brother Branham's getting a bigger, a bigger slot or he's got more of the Holy Ghost than you got. It's simply an announcement from heaven that heaven is here. Look at your neighbor and tell him heaven is here. It's an announcement from heaven that heaven is in the room. Well, you don't see heaven, what you experience in heaven. You feel the atmosphere. What kind of person could create an atmosphere like this? Another than our Lord Jesus Christ. So it is identifying to you that heaven has come down upon the earth. And you know that Jesus right before he left, when he left his commission to the church, he said, all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. But notice what he does. He turns and gives that same power to his body. So we can say that all of heaven is in the room. Now notice what Brother Branham says here in the future home. He said, you're in the world, but nothing of the cosmos. He said, you're in a different order. You are of the redeemed order. So who is he speaking this to? He's speaking this to none other than his wife, the queen of heaven, that you are not like the rest of the world. You are of a redeemed order. Now you could say certain things in a certain language and I wouldn't have no clue what you're talking about. You could say something in Spanish or French and I wouldn't have a clue what you're talking about. But this message is what I have a clue about, that this is exactly what we were destined for. It's a different language to the outside world. It's a different way, it's a different word to them. They don't understand what's going on in the building. They don't understand this message. They don't understand because they're preaching from a closed book. But because you are of the 
king has got to say. Them ain't just tapes to you. That's the voice behind the voice. That ain't just a picture up there on the wall. That's your Lord Jesus up there. Ah, oh, come on now. He said, notice, he said, the tabernacle of God will be with men. Notice the former things has passed away. This thing has passed away. This means that heaven has come down to resident with man. Heaven and earth have embraced. So that's exactly in line with Job chapter 2 that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And Brother Branham goes in the unveiling of God. And it's amazing that God would take a hillbilly Kentuckian and let him break into the Greek and show him in the book of Hebrews what he was talking about in the book of Job that in the last days I will pour out my spirit. And Brother Branham said, he said now, he said that word pour out, he said it's not like we would read it in the in the English form he said because it would mean to give out of something that is not of yourself like vomit up it didn't come from you he said but this what he said in the unveiling of God he said he himself poured himself into the church so you could say like Jesus said where two or three are gathered in my name heaven is there if you touch anything heaven is there so let me announce to you, you are not just another group. You're not just another association. You're the elect of Almighty God. The one that God seen before the foundation of the world to be the final runners of the final age. And there is nobody on earth that can match your identification. There might be others that might look like it. But there's nobody that can match the similarity of the power of the gene seed of God that he deposited on the inside of this bride before the foundation of the world. You're not like a mule. You're not like a jaw. You're not like a donkey. You know where you came from. You're like a pedigree horse. You know that you came from God. And you know you're going back to God. And if you came from God... I don't know where that sister is that came up here last night that was wondering if she was going to be there. How in the world can God leave his children when they've received a part of himself? Come on, Abraham. You're going to get receive a change. Come on, Sarah. <laughs> you know where you came from because you've got an abstract title deed that no matter what is laying there in your family history, no matter what you've been through, your daddy may have died a drunkard, your mama may have died a prostitute, your family may have got in trouble, but the abstract title deed of the Holy Ghost removes all of your sins. You believing in the Word and the Holy Ghost getting behind your belief is an abstract title deed to the token life of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Brother Branham said that full obedience to the word of God entitles you to the token. That means that you are standing here as the virtuous bride of Jesus Christ, fully robed in the adoption robes as sons and daughters of God. Ain't no wonder Satan's afraid of you, word of life. It's because you are robed in the same power that whipped Satan 2,000 years ago. Paul would tell us that I I'm an ambassador of Christ. That means I'm a representative of Christ. Brother Branham said he never came for me. He said, but he came before because of the message that I represent. And I believe that today that your faith that we feel in the room, this bank of faith that we feel, it's here because of you and what you represent. 
Now you can't tell me that you're not powerful people because I feel you in the room. You can't tell me that, that you ain't got faith because I feel you in the room. You can't tell me that you don't have or represent the Holy Ghost because I feel you in the room. And if Paul was sitting there as an ambassador and he knew the power, he was under the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he recognized that the power and the words that he was speaking, they were backed up by all of heaven. Though he may have been, uh, he may have been sojourning in a land that may not look like the land that he was going to, but yet all of heaven was behind what Paul said. So you recognize today that there is authority behind your word. You remember when Jesus was talking to the centurion in Matthew chapter 8 that he's standing there and he's talking to him and he's talking to him. He said, I understand the power of authority because I'm a man under authority. And he goes in there. What is he saying to us? He's showing us that there is a people known as the bride of Jesus Christ that are under the authority of Malachi 4. I know there's a lot of people that like to separate William Branham from the bride of Jesus Christ. But William Branham, I want to make, a, make an announcement to you. He was a part of this bride. So if he had miracles in his ministry, the bride's got to have miracles in her ministry. If Georgie Carter could receive something from another world, then you can receive something from another world. So what is he saying to you? You are an ambassador. You have rights as an ambassador to look out upon Satan and say, this ain't your turf. I never was your property. You never had no hold on me. It may have looked like it for a long time. It may have looked like I was out there serving you. But Satan, you never had me. I may have looked like your children at one point, but you never had me. God has given an offspring in this generation that looks exactly like him. You may not have looked like him when you was out there smoking dope. You may not have looked like him when you was out there fighting in the world. But God is not looking at your problem, Samson. He's looking at the promise. You've got something on the inside of you that's got to be expressed. And William Branham said in the adoption series, he said there is coming a time when manifested sons of God are going to walk out there and take the very power of Satan away from him. I'd say that it's high time that word of life walks in there and takes the power of cancer away from our sister, away from our brother. What are you doing, Brother Angel? I'm simply telling you that you're not of this world. And heaven has announced that you have the authority. All right. Now we're feeling good, right? Well, Brother Brandon preaches in 1956 a very powerful message on the junction of time. Brother Branham lays out some very fundamental things right there in that message. He tells us that three things happen at a junction. He said, at a junction, angels appear, prophets will arise, and signs and wonders will appear. And it also tells us in that message that counterfeits arise. So if you see the rain falling on the just and the unjust, don't get your eyes on the counterfeits. Keep your eyes on what the angel is doing right here. So we know that we are in a junction. And you go down them junctions of road every single day. And what a junction is, it's a blending. It's a changing over of the road. So we can expect that we recognize, we see that the angel's here. We know that the miraculous here, so we know that we're at a junction. 
Now notice what Brother Branham says. He said, he said, it always, it takes the miraculous to speak of omnipotence. Omnipotence is, is the all-powerful. And it takes the miraculous to vindicate the omnipotence. And only miraculous can do that. He said the teaching of the word is a very fine thing. And it comes because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. He said, but it always takes the miraculous to vindicate the omnipotence. That it still lives and reigns. He said, we must have the miraculous. And I believe that the church is now standing on a threshold of the greatest vindication of omnipotence that the world has ever known. Now this is 1956. The seals ain't even been released yet. But William Branham is looking in through a prophetic eye and recognizing that there is a people of another land. Abraham walked all them days looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. All I gotta tell you church is look up. Heaven is here. So if we recognize that the miraculous was there in Moses' ministry, then the miraculous has got to be here. I'm not teaching you something new. I'm telling you something that your pastors preach to you year after year after year, that the miraculous is in this message. So if Moses, when he's down there under his commission, before God ever turned one finger towards Israel, what was the first thing that he did? He performed a supernatural sign to show that the omnipotence was in the land. So what was God doing? He was simply working out his word. You would never understand the sunshine if you didn't have the rain. Now notice what Brother Branham says here. He said, how the great turmoil is in the world today. He said, and we realize that one thing that caused that, that the Bible said that the spirits, great spirits came down, evil spirits, and got into these people and done these things. And he said, we see them same evil spirits working in our day. And he said, but notice again that not only when all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose also. So what is this? It's God simply responding to the enemy that is challenging the day. Because we know that in Isaiah 59 and 19, that when the spirit of the enemy comes in like a flood, that God raises up the standard. You know that even this past week, I don't know if you saw it in the news or not, but Franklin Graham, which was the messenger to Sodom, his son, said that all hell has been turned loose in this generation. Now, if the messenger of Sodom's son recognizes all hell is turned loose, then it is a sign to you as a church that all heaven has turned loose. If you see condemnation, if you see evil, if you see homosexuality, it's a proof that heaven is here. If you looked out in Nimrod's day and you saw Nimrod out there and under his confederation and all the power of evil that was sitting there, but God had a witness. God had a witness there was one man by the name of Enoch that took a walk one day. He took a walk and he just kept on walking. Enoch was looking for a ladder, but God provided him a highway. You were looking for a way of escape and God sent you a message. The message is your token to leave this old world. How can heaven come and leave a part of heaven behind? for change I'm destined for the body change I'm destined for the miraculous 
you say you're crazy, Brother Andrew. I lost my mind and I found God's mind. I know that it is just for us. Sarah, I want to ask you, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? So God is going to have a testimony. And Brother Branham told us in the invisible union of the bride, he said, now the modern church is in no condition to finish out the great commission. He said, the Pentecostal church is in no condition to run with the message. He said, but it's going to take an elected people that's elected to carry the message. William Branham didn't elect you. God elected you. You're elected to carry out the message. Against all hell, you're going to carry out the message. Against all warfare, you're going to carry out the message. If David was elected to be king and Mary was elected to carry baby Jesus, surely you have been elected to carry out this message and the great commission of Mark 16 and Matthew 28 to go into all the world, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. William Branham said that you are elected to meet him yonder without spot or without wrinkle. I got a wedding band on my hand. God chose me before the foundation of the world. I know what I'm talking about. I believe that you're living in an hour that you can recognize you're the bride of Jesus Christ. I believe the days of guessing are gone. If Jesus said at that day you should know that I'm in the Father and the Father and me and I and you and this is that day, then we ought to be able to recognize who we are. As the elect of this generation, there is no demon, there is no power, there is no circumstance, there is no turmoil, there is no devil that can stand in the front of this message. It's been vindicated time and time again. I come here to represent none other than Jesus Christ. And all of heaven is behind this word to make sure that it comes to manifestation. What is it? You're elected to receive a revelation that come whirling out of heaven. Where'd where'd Peter get that revelation from when he's standing there? Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Where'd he get that revelation from? And he's standing there and some say, well, some, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elias, and some say this. He said, but whom do you say? I don't care what the church world has got to say about this message. What do you say about this message? Is he still the same God that was back there with William Branham? Is he still the same Jehovah Jireh? Is he still Jehovah Shalom? Is he still your peace? Is he still your refuge? Is he still your everything? What do you got to say about this? Come on, somebody. If we recognize that heaven is watching this service, then we recognize that hell's watching this service. What do you got to say about this message? Is the pillar of fire still Jesus Christ? was our Lord hanging over top of our prophet. It was Revelations 10.1 over Revelations 10.7 and it's a sign that Revelations 10.8 is on earth. Ah, come on somebody. Where'd he get that revelation from? He said, I say that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus turned to him and said, my father, which is in heaven, has revealed this to you. Now here is Peter on earth. And here is the father in heaven dropping the revelation. How'd that revelation drop in that man's heart? It's happening in this room. 
It's happening. Is, is anybody in here pregnant? I know Anna Lynch is here. Anybody else in here pregnant? Katie, don't raise your hand. <laughs> There's some sisters that are here, or maybe you know, that are pregnant. And there's something going on the inside of that sister's body that you're not aware of. But it takes a special instrument to hear it. And if you get under that special instrument, that sister can hear the heartbeat of that little baby. But they don't, you're sitting in the same room with them and you don't hear it. But you let that doctor take that instrument and place it on that mother's on that mother's body. What is all of a sudden you are hearing a sound from another world? And what is this message to the church of the living God? It's a word from another world that's going to kill it. There is a bride that is pregnant with none other than our Jesus Christ. The church world don't want it, but it's the only kind that the world can bring forth. This word is producing none other than Jesus Christ. I look good, don't I? I'm in my third trimester and I'm getting ready for a change. I've heard an announcement from heaven. Get ready. The birth pain is on. The announcement from heaven is, get ready. Oh yeah, he's coming for you. When you don't feel like he's coming for you, when you felt like you was unworthy, the blood made you worthy. When Satan had you ensnared in his trap, the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, somebody. A prophet announced that you were coming here. And only the elect of God can overcome. That's what William Branham said to us in Christ's mystery of God revealed. You are his victory. So the same dynamic power, this ain't just some mechanic, mechanical workup. Come on, somebody. You know good and well God ain't coming back for no mechanics. He's coming back for some dynamics. He's coming back for somebody that's got the same life, the same power, under the same anointing. Chloe, he is your everything. He is your everything. And you're getting ready to watch that the God that is your everything takes care of all of your answers. You're getting ready to watch as a body of Jesus Christ. The Father come whirling down from heaven. Surely if he can pick up Elijah, he can pick up his wife. There's going to be one woman mad at me today if I don't pick her up when I leave here. Let me tell you, we probably see some of that mountain come, that mountain talk come out of her at Tennessee, North Carolina mountain talk if I leave her down here. Can you imagine God leaving you in your condition and you're his wife? Come on, somebody, you know good and well that the God that changed your path, you know good and well you was on a devil's road and you were heading to a devil's hell, but God, rich in mercy, come whirling down through your tin can alley and he found you where you were and that angel is here with this message and that angel's here to take you all the way into the rapture. That angel ain't leaving this message. It's none other than the angel of the covenant. I'll say to you, it's time to take the book. It's time to eat the book. And William Branham said, you are not predestinated to fall. You're predestinated to win. 
You're not like the first Eve. You're predestined to stand and you are anointed by accepting what Eve turned down. God's the kind of God that he knows what he's doing. He knows where he's at. If he's got healing for you, it's healing for you. God's the kind of mailman that he knows where to drop your package off at. What God has for you is for you and it ain't for anybody else. Don't get mad when God drops your mail off at your house. And don't get mad when God drops the mail off at the neighbor's house. What God has for them is for them. Go ahead and rejoice. He knew how to drop the package off at their house. Brother Larry, he knows how to take care of every situation. He's the God that delivers. And when God goes to deliver it, there is nothing that is going to stand in his way. Everyone in his bride is a member of him, and he loses none of them. And you're standing in an hour that you've been restored back to the faith. What are you under? You are under the dominion of Christ and under the domain of Christ. And William Branham said, and how can I overcome? He said that this domain reaches from eternity to eternity. And you're sitting here as kings and priests making a sacrifice to Almighty God. And you're sitting here in an hour when you know that your hearts have been turned. It's like a magnet. Redemption's like a magnet. It's got a positive and a negative on it. Redemption is pushing you away from the world and pulling you to Him. The redemption power of this message has called you to come up a little bit higher. You're not like the rest of the world. Come up here, John. Come up here and take a look what I'm looking at. You're not looking at the defeated. Where was you, Job? Where was you, Job, when I created the stars? Where was you? He did not see you down here in Laodicea in defeat. He saw you living out the victory right here in the midst of Laodicea. And your heart has been turned. And we recognize that in the Old Testament that when Moses came down off of the mountain and the glory of heaven was over him that God veiled his face so that the rest of the world wasn't blinded by the glory of it. And we recognize that if that kind of glory was that powerful in the Old Testament, how much more powerful is the glory of this glory of the Holy Spirit? But notice what Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 3. He tells us that when the word is read, read today, that the veil is still upon their hearts. But he goes on to say, he said, but when it shall be turned, when the heart shall be turned, that Paul goes on to say that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So your heart's being turned. You've been turned back to believing. You've been turned back to believe that what William Branham preached was absolutely the truth. You've been turned back to preach what Paul preached. Come on, somebody, if Satan's going to war with you on anything, point him back to what Paul preached. And you're preaching the same message that Paul preached. William Branham preached it. And he's turned your hearts back to believing that God is the God that does miracles. Heaven's here, Brother Harry. Been through a time and he's seen a lot of turmoil, but heaven's here. Seen a lot of pain, but heaven's here. Look, I understand what it's like to see all kinds of pain. 
I understand what it's like to watch my dad get up every Sunday morning sick as a dog, vomiting over, over, and over again. But heaven is greater than hell. And if Satan can battle that much, how much greater is the anointing of our Lord Jesus Christ? I'll be honest, I'm sick and tired of the devil coming in and robbing our children's joy and robbing their peace and telling them that they've got to stay slave to the power of depression and anxiety. But I believe that there's a church of the living God that's here today that remains steadfast in the word of God, that God has the power to break every symptom, every sickness, every symptom, every power of hell. My brother, I want you to know there is nothing that is coming to you that God hasn't already figured out. He saw you in your weakness, but get ready for your strength. Georgie Carter, you've laid there long enough. I can't make up how he did it, but he's just spoke the word. Go by the way of the Carters. And he said, Georgie, rise up. He said, how's a girl has been laying there nine years going to rise up? But when God gives strength, he gives strength. And when he moves, he moves. And when he moves, his children move with the Spirit. What is it, Brother Michael? It's heaven. What was it? The night I'm sitting under a tent meeting, and I watch a girl come with club feet rolling up in a wheelchair. What is it? It's none other than heaven that can get her out of it. It was not the touch of a man. It was a touch of heaven. When that little girl come whirling, come coming across that altar, and she's got these club feet and they're completely turned in, Brother Michael. They're completely turned in. But I watched the power of heaven turn her loose from that demon. And she got up and ran back and forth in front of that tent meeting. What is it a sign of that heaven is here? When I watch these young boys get filled with the Holy Ghost and the power of the anointing come upon them, what is it? It's a sign that heaven's in the room. I want to announce to you, Johnson City, heaven is in the room. He's here for Erica Parker. He's here for this need. He's here for Donnie Reagan. He's here for this church. You're not going down in destruction. You're not going down in defeat. The blessings of Almighty God been turned loose in this church receive the anointing receive your blessing that's what William Brandon preached in the key to the door he said the preaching of the full gospel turns heaven loose it turns the blessings loose the keys in the door and the church has got both keys the keys to the kingdom and the keys to the devil's hell Satan ain't got the power he ain't got the keys to his own house why don't you walk in there and take back what's rightfully yours? Take your joy back. Take your dance back. Take your shout back. Take your anointing back. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no authority. Heaven is here to produce the miraculous. Somebody's going to receive it. If a little blind girl's got cataracts on her eyes, could receive it sitting right there on the street. How much more? You're in the house of God. You're in the house of God. You're under the anointing of it. I could be exactly what you're looking for. I'm not talking about me, but the Son of Man is here. 
and I challenge you to believe that the Son of Man is being revealed in the bride's body. This is a sign that Elohim is back in the body of his bride. Abraham, I know you waited for 25 years, but get ready. I know you heard about the promise for a long time, but get ready. I know everything's starting to sag down on you, but get ready. I know you don't feel like producing a child, but get ready. Sarah, I don't know if you're ready for this or not. (laughs) But get ready. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the pain that I've been through. I want you to know. He said, watch. Brother Random said, watch the effect of the revelation that it had upon Abraham when he went down there. He said he went down there and changed his name and he put a part of himself in there. He put Elohim in part of Abraham. And if he's deposited Elohim into his bride's body, it's got to produce what Elohim was. He is the self-existing one. He is your satisfying portion. He is your everything. What did he do? He deposited a part of himself. He said, you watch the effect of that revelation that it had upon Abraham. When he went down there and there was three down there, he did not say my Lord. He said, my Lord. That's why William Branham stood there in the seals and said, I'll no longer call you church, but I'll call you bride so that you can understand who you are. You're not a part of the church world. You're not a part of the church system. You're a part of the queen of heaven. Esther, you're here for such a time as this. Oh, come on, somebody. It's time you break your dancing shoes out. When there comes a refilling, when there comes anointing, it's time to have a dancing party. It's time to kill the fatty calf. He's everything, ain't he, Brother J.D.? He's everything. When you was there and you thought you was all alone, he's your everything. Heaven's got his arms wrapped around you, Brother Whitson. (laughs) Come on now. If he took care of you this far, surely he can get you into that world. I got a ticket to go there. I got a ticket to go there. I'm going there. Because our message has identified who we are. That angel's here. He's identifying that you're the final runners of this age. And our lives, our lives match the very power of this message. I'm saying to you that your life matches the promise of the archangel. What Paul said when he was addressing the Thessalonian church in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16, he said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And when William Branham comes there and he preaches right before he dies the message on the rapture, he tells us, he said, three things happen. He said, a shout, a voice, and a trumpet has to happen before Jesus appears. And he said, Jesus does all three of them when he's descending. So what is it you're watching is that heaven has come down. You know that the shout is the message. You know that the voice 
voice wakes up the sleeping bride and the trumpet is the gathering it's the catching away the trumpet is the rapture that brings an ascending what is it that you're looking at in Revelations chapter 10? You're watching the voice of the archangel wake up the sleeping bride. And it's an announcement to you that have had a spiritual resurrection. That there is becoming a gathering that brings the anointing for the spiritual. This that you have received is a message of ascension and it's pushing you higher. That's what William Branham dropped to us in Christ the Mystery. God revealed that God and his threefold purpose, what is it? God revealing himself, God having the preeminence in his bride, and notice to restore the kingdom back to its rightful place. What is it? The revealing of the Son of Man is none other than Luke 17 and Revelations 10, which is gathering this body. Go to looking in 2 Thessalonians 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not so soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us at that day of Christ is at hand. When Paul starts breaking in to the rapture, he starts telling us just throughout the rest of the chapter about all the turmoil. When William Branham comes and he preaches the rapture message, what does he do? He breaks in on Psalms chapter 27 and he gives us a background of what the rapture is going to look like. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have trials. You're going to go through situations. But don't go get so, so shooken up in your mind that you forget the promise. He's revealed himself to you. Your heart has been returned back. Your heart has been turned back. And he is having the preeminence in the body of his, of his wife. What is she doing? She's becoming the living word. He said that is his second fold purpose right there is that he has the preeminence in his body. So the wife of heaven is literally becoming the living word. And you remember what William Branham said. He said, oh, how we need in Jeffersonville thousands of live voices. So what is this? The voice of the message produces the voice of resurrection for what the third fold purpose is of the restoring of the kingdom, which is the change of our bodies. When the last one comes in, get ready. He's using you to declare that God is a God of the Bible and he is vindicating himself. You are here to meet the challenge of the hour. You are here under this dispensation of the prophet's message to bring to pass everything that was laying there in love divine. William Branham made a decision. You made a decision. This message is taking you to another world, another world of faith. You have not seen your climax yet. But in the morning, between the hours of six and nine, when God goes to hunting out his bride that he deposited his gene seed on the inside of her before the foundation of the world, what is it? I want to tell you that heaven's at your tent door. Melchizedek sitting right there at your tent door. He didn't create himself a body and walk down there to Lot. He didn't create himself a body and walk down there to the governor of Sodom. He created himself a body. And he came and talked to Abraham. What is it? It's Elohim at work. What is it? What did you witness up there on Colorado Mountain? 
What is this third pole ministry? It's the operation of our Lord in his bride's body. You wouldn't be able to call down storms and cast, cast things out and call on tumors and all of those things and call for sons back to their rightful condition if there wasn't a third pole ministry. But because you have an opening of the word to recognize that the same power that was up there on that mountain with William Branham when he was up there and he was up there hunting, you know the story, he's up there in that sleet hitting him in his face and a voice said, go back to where you came from. Why don't you go back to where you came from and you tell that devil, enough is enough. The storm is not going to control me. The storm's not going to ruin me. The passions of my life are not going to ruin me. The powers of hell are not going to ruin me. Go back to where you came from. I was the one that stood out there on the waters. I was the one that asked you to create squirrels. I was the one that stood out there. I'm the one that's done these things. Speak to that storm and it'll be exactly like you said. Why don't you start talking to your mountain? Why don't you start confessing what Jesus said? It's time that you turn your mouth to prophesying what the little book has said to you. It's open. Your names are in the Lamb's book of life. He's not going to leave you here. It's time for your change, Sarah. Sarah, you got a revelation. It's not just for Abraham. It's for you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's time to climb upon the mountain and to tell that mound, that storm, I resent your coming. Cancer, I resent your coming. Depression, I resent your coming. Turmoil, I resent your coming. William Branham shouted that thing. He simply spoke the word. It was sovereignly given to him. We ain't going out here. We ain't going out here and laying our hands on every sick bed that's laying out there in the hospital. These things are sovereignly given to the bride of Jesus Christ to say the right word. Hattie, it's time that you start asking for your sons. You've watched them go day in and day out. You've watched them in their turmoil. You've watched them when they, when they were trying to work the word out for themselves. It's time that you speak the word, Hattie. Hattie was simply sitting there. If you listen real close, Brother Branham said that Hattie asked the question, how can these things be? It was not that she was questioning Brother Branham's motives. She was simply asking, how can these things be? How can I do the same thing that you've done? What is the question in the bride today? How can these things be done? And I want to say this to you. You are the answer to the devil's question. You have the power to speak the same word that Hattie said. It's time that we start seeing prodigals come back to the house of the Lord. It's a time when heaven is coming for his children. Hattie, say the right word. Say the right word. Heaven's here to back up what you say, Hattie. She could have asked for anything. You could have asked for anything, but because you said the right words, because you said the right words, you're getting ready to receive what you asked for. She could have asked for a healing of her sister. She could have asked for a million dollars, and it would have been there. But she asked the right thing. The father knew what Hattie was going to ask. Come on, somebody. God knew what William Brandon was going to say to that storm. Before he ever got in that chaos, he knows what you're going to say to your mountain. It's time that you start speaking to your mountain. 
William Branham said, if one little grain starts falling, then the mountain's coming down. What's in your hand, Moses? What's in your hand? Cast it on the ground and watch the power of it. You see, if those Egyptians would have ever been able to get the power, that rod out of Moses' hand, they'd have had him whipped. And if they'd ever get the name of Jesus Christ out of our lips, they'd have us whipped. But who did William Branham go up there on that mountain with? And who did he come down walking with? He was walking with King Theophany. This wasn't just one of the boys he was walking with. It's one thing for you to ask God to walk with you, but when God asks for you to walk with him. Brother Brandon said, I was up there in them virgin timbers. I was up there where no man had been at. He said, I was up there. And he said, why don't you take a stroll with me? You remember Brother Branham talking about his burden that he had on his life all those days. And he made a promise to God that he wasn't going to shoot them, shoot them deer no more than what he needed. And when those three deer come out there and they're looking at the prophet in his face, he remembered his promise. And God spoke the words, because you remembered. I've remembered my word that I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. What is it? We've seen him in the Bible as King Righteousness. We've seen him in the Bible as King Peace. He said, but in Revelations 21, we see him as King of Kings. What is this? What is this that you feel? It's the reign of the Holy Ghost. Who was Enoch walking with? Who's he walking with? King Theophany. Brother Branham said that if you're there... You'll take that body and come to this world. You'll take that theophany and come to this one and take it up there. But if you're here, you'll take this body to meet that theophany in the sky. That theophany is a real you. Everything that you are, everything that you're meant to be, that theophany is who you are. Who did Moses see when he was head behind the cliff of the rock? He only seen the back part of a man. But what are you seeing in this day? In Revelations chapter 1, you are seeing none other than our Lord Jesus Christ. The seven personages of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're not seeing the back part of a man. You're seeing God face to face. Come on, Enoch. It's time to take a walk. It's time to take a stroll. I feel my theophany calling me to another world. It's a world of perfect love. It's a world of perfect peace. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. You're going to look out there one day and all of a sudden you got hair back on your head. You're going to look out there and say, Sarah, I feel a change over my body. I think I can produce an Isaac now. I think I can produce what Paul said that I was going to do. In the morning, we're going to be changed that this mortal shall put on immortality. I feel it working in my members. What is it? It's the reign of the Holy Ghost saying, you are destined for a body change. Amen. Enoch, let them scoff all they want to. Let them say what they want to. But you know who you've been walking with. You've been walking every single day of your life with King Jesus. He's not going to leave you where you are. You may have been entrapped in sin for a little bit of time, but God's not going to leave you in that, sin, in that sin no more. It's time that you walk right out of your prison cells. 
It's time. Brother Joel would sing, I looked at my hands, my hands looked new. I looked at my feet, and my feet did too. And I looked all around me, and all around me shine. What are you talking about, Brother Andrew? I'm talking about a world that we're getting ready to step into. You don't recognize it. You may not see it, but I want to tell you that heaven's in the room. Heaven has loosed itself to you. What happened to you? What happened to you? You remember that night. You're sitting there all by yourself and you're praying. You're watching the tent meeting. You're watching the services. And all of a sudden, the spirit of the living God comes whirling into your room. And you start speaking in another tongue. What is this? It's the Holy Ghost. The experience that you have cannot leave you. It cannot leave you where you are. It's to take you higher. Where God has found you, he's not leaving you there. He's not leaving you where he found you at. He's not leaving you in that condition. He's not leaving you in your sickness. He's not leaving you in your pain. He's not leaving you there. He's not going to leave you in Laodicea. He's coming for you. You have his wedding band. You have the seal upon your life. You have the Holy Ghost upon you. Hallelujah. William Branham said that you are the people that you are marching in step onto those tunes of marching Christian soldiers. I want to announce to you that William Branham saw you standing on that side. Where was he standing at when he was 20 feet above his body and he was looking down at his body but he was in another world beyond the curtain of time. The experience of our change is right here in the room. I don't know how much more I can explain that to you. But it's right here in the room. You don't see the pillar of fire, but it's whirling in this building. It's right here in the room. It's testifying to you that there's another world out there. What did William Branham tell you when he's standing there and deep calling to the deep? He's sitting there. He has a prophetic gift. He's looking into another world. And he's standing there and said, is this the patient? He's not recognizing what world he's in. But he begins to talk to her in her condition that she's in. And he starts taking her to what that world says. What did this message language say to the church of the living God? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My, hallelujah, my goals are laid there. What is this message saying to you? Sarah, he saw you when you laughed up your sleeve. He saw you when you thought that you couldn't produce in your old age. You mean to tell me after seven ages, we're going to do what nobody else has done? You're exactly right. Well, I'm not a believer in these youth meetings, Brother Andrew. Well, you better not go to heaven. Because we're going to the greatest youth meeting that there ever has been. Everybody there between 18 and 21 ain't got to worry about pain, ain't got to worry about energy, ain't got to worry about sickness, ain't got to worry about cancer, ain't got to worry about sugar diabetes, ain't got to worry about the devil, ain't got to worry about fear, ain't got to worry about anxiety. What is it? We are destined for a world. Hallelujah. You are the queen of heaven. One day I'm going to take a step towards my theophany. One day I'm going to take another step 
towards my theophany. One day I know that final step, it's going to set me free. My theophany, well, I hear it calling me. Come on, Brother Rob. Come on now. I ain't going without you. I'm like Moses. We're not leaving one hoof behind. Come on, Brother Harry. It's time that we take our change. That's your signal. Change the service. What is it, Elijah? If you see me when I'm going, you're going to have a double portion. You asked for it. Get ready. Don't get surprised at it. Don't be excited about it. Don't get excited about it. You asked for this. Now, God's the kind of God that if children go to asking, he's the kind of God. Elisha, you asked for a double portion. You asked for a body change. Don't get scared about it. It might pinch just a little bit. It might just be a little sting on this side, but don't you worry. Final step for the final runners. What Neil Armstrong say? One small step for man, but a giant leap for mankind. Come on, Enoch. What if it's the last day? Goodbye, world. I stand no longer with you. <laughs> Come on, Enoch. Go ahead. Tell your wife you ain't going to see me in the morning. I'm going to be gone. You know what Enoch names means? Dedicated. I'm dedicated to my walk. I'm dedicated to my message. I'm dedicated to this messenger. I'm dedicated to the purifier. I'm dedicated to my change. I'm dedicated to the anointing. I'm dedicated. I am going to experience my change because I'm dedicated to it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time you take a walk with King Theophany. It's time you take your body change. This message has come you to bring you into contact with the living God. You sing it, Brother Harry? My Theophany. You do? What key you sing it in? Well, let's go F. Somebody, somebody going to have to put some words up there. Go ahead, play a little bit of it. One day I know that final step. Well, it's going to set me free. My theophany.
to the devil I'm still here I'm still here you're not gonna hold me much longer I'm still here I'm still here you tried to make me fall but I'm still here These young people have been asking me to sing this song. And not because of them, but let's sing it for them. Well, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. Well, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. Well, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. What the Lord, he has done for me. Well, I get joy.
and shouted like they're shouting. If you knew where they was, if you knew where they came from, if you walked a mile in their shoes, you'd understand. Yes. Let's give them an opportunity. They waited for it. You waited for this moment. Don't you let the devil rob you of it. You asked for this, didn't you? You asked for your moment. Go ahead and have it. If you knew the hole that I come out of, You'd understand what I'm talking about. You know what it means, don't you? Well, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. Well, you don't know like I know what my Jesus did for me. Well, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. What the Lord has done for me. Well, the devil don't like no praising God around here. With all of my mind, the devil don't like no praise of God round here. Well, the devil don't like no praise of God round here. No, the devil don't like no praise of God. Shout it to him. We don't care what the devil don't like. We're gonna praise God tonight. The devil don't like no praise of God round here. Well, the devil don't like no shout. Oh, the devil don't like no shout Right here I don't care what the devil don't like We're gonna shout with all our minds The devil don't like no shout The devil don't like no dancing Down here say glory. glory hallelujah we didn't know better we think he was a holiness preacher wouldn't we we didn't know better we think you a bunch was a Pentecostal group of people too glory. amen praise the Lord praise the Lord let's sing a song brother Harry this morning if you will just before we close the service He's in the house. Can we do that?
He's in the house. Let's sing that. Did you enjoy the service today? Word of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's sing it, if you will. Little girl was lying there. People all were weeping. They just laughed at Jesus when he said she's only sleeping. As he took her by the hand, she began to live again. Some began to praise the Lord. Some began to say, He's in the Touch this heart of mine Gave me life again I am just a house of clay But ever since that blessed day There's a light that shines in me For this world to see Ever since that blessed day 
light that shines in me for all the world to see. this morning notice it's still raining on the outside we've had a good rain in the house of the lord today too haven't we amen praise the lord let's sing that little chorus together let it rain let it rain let it rain open the flood gates of heaven let it rain, oh, let it rain, open the flood gates of heaven, let it rain, oh, let it rain. Aren't you glad for the presence of the Lord in the service Amen. this morning? 
we recognize the presence. I climbed the highest mountain, looked all around, couldn't find nobody. I searched the deepest valley. Looked all around there, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. 
my King. 
about me Let me tell you about my Jesus
Brother Aaron. Be seated this morning, you can. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. crazy You can say I'm a fool I'm not saying it's easy Sometimes it seems so again. Oh, you can say I'm a fool. I'm not saying it's easy. Sometimes it seems so
thinking about it for some time. I believe we're going to make it official today. We're just going to go ahead and fill out adoption papers on you. <laughs> All you got to see is one of the deacons in the back. Sign your name and you're in. <laughs> Have you enjoyed our brother? Amen. First time that he's got to be with us, but I feel certain it won't be the last. Have you enjoyed church this weekend? God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Remember service Wednesday night. Let me just tell you this. I want to be in prayer for the uh, 
for Sister April, Sister Abigail, their grandfather passed away yesterday, Sister Ivy Blair's dad. So I want to remember that family in prayer this week as we pray that God will comfort their hearts. Shake hands with somebody, greet them in the name of the Lord, tell them you love them, and you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Amen. Happy day, oh happy day, when Jesus washed, when my Jesus washed, when my Jesus washed, he washed my sins away, well oh happy day. It's a happy day, oh happy day, when my Jesus washed, when my Jesus washed, when my Jesus washed, he washed my sins away, oh happy day. Taught me how, how to walk, watch and pray, watch and pray, and live rejoicing, live rejoicing. It's a happy day, oh happy day, oh what a happy day, oh 